Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, capturing the fly fishing life, featuring in-depth conversation with fly fishers from all walks of life. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com, an online fly shop, your source for all things fly fishing. DamianAndy.com, featuring custom music by Damian Anderson. Find out more at D-A-M-I-O-N-A-N-D-Y.com. Broken Tippet Fly Company. For blog and fly fishing apparel, check out brokentippet.com. And Wait For It Films. For action-packed fly fishing videos and camera-related content, visit Wait For It Films on YouTube or at thewaitcreativeco.com. You are listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Yeah, so we're, we're scheduled to leave serious. March, March yeah. 4th. It's getting serious. I booked the car yesterday. I mean, so we when we do a trip, we do it, like I said, we kind of just, when you do it to do it yourself and you're trying to go cheap for as long as we are, we just kind of do it piece by piece. So step one, you got to get there. Step two, you got to have wheels. Then step three, now we can start locking on housing. But you are right. We're leaving March 4th. Well, that's in like a month. A month yep. I haven't tie flies yet. I'm, I got to get going on that. Our gear has to get updated. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. Do you know, are you, do you feel like we're going way too relaxed for this trip? I don't, yeah, I don't really feel like we're actually going. I don't on think, trip I don't feel like we're I feel like going. we never do until it's like two days before and then we just scramble and get Scram everything together. Scram hard. <laughs> that's our style. Like we're very last minute. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we're actually doing this. Let's go. Yeah. Get ready for the 2023 fly fishing season with the fly crate. We have hundreds of trout, bass, panfish, and saltwater flies, ranging from the classic elk hair caddis to jigged Euro nymphs. Join thousands of other fly anglers who fish with the fly crate. Listeners of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast get 10% off their first order, plus receive free shipping on all U.S. orders over $45. Order today. Go to www.theflycrate.com and use the promo code FLYFISH97 to save 10%. Bringing the biggest names in hunting, fishing, and the outdoors together in one place. The BC Outdoors Show, March 24 to 26, 2023 at the Chilliwack Heritage Park in Chilliwack, British Columbia. Fly fishing, fly tying, outdoor gear, lodges, fly shops, rods, boats, RVs, and much more. See you there at the BC Outdoors Show, March 24th to 26th in Chilliwack, BC. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. We are so happy you found us, and guess what? We're going to head to a beautiful part of North America. We're going to head down to uh, Key West, Florida. We got a couple of folks on the line that are avid fly fishers. They've been doing some DIY Patagonia, New Zealand fly fishing trips. We're going to talk all about this. They had a podcast called the Bum Diary Podcast. Uh, they're on YouTube as well. Check them out. Um, and I know we've got Trent and Janelle on the line. They're working at Schooner Wharf in the Florida Keys. Guys, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, thanks for having us. What an intro, man. We're, we're, we're happy to be here. <laughs> well, uh, I've been keeping up with you guys, man. I've been watching you build your coolers and your trucks and the flower farming and, you know, the hanging out with the dogs. And I, you look like you're living the life. And, <laughs> and, and now you're telling me you're working at Schooner Wharf, so can't be can't be all bad. And, and, and next thing I know, you're heading off fishing. So 
<laughs> Sounds to me like you guys are doing all right. So l- l- let's talk about, I always like to talk on the show, guys. And, and, and Trent, let's start with you. Where, where did you find fly fishing? Like, where did it first show up in your life? So I had a, I left Michigan. I, I grew up in Michigan. I grew up real poor on a farm and I left my farm. I, I mean, I was milking cows at six in the morning. And so I, I always like had a travel bug and I had a crazy uncle and he would just show up like every like six months with like a hot air balloon or something he would just buy. So I was always kind of liked his stories and his travel stories. So when I turned 18, I moved to Yellowstone National Park and I was just a bartender server because I was making, that was my way I made money. And then, um, yeah, when I first went to Yellowstone, I was a bass fisherman from Michigan. So I said, I'm never going to get into fly fishing mm-hmm. because I had so much money in bass stuff. I was like, man, I don't ever want to do another fishing thing. So I tried to do like rock climbing. I tried to do, cause I always tell people that Montana is just like an adult playground and you have to pick your passion, whether it's mountain bike and rock climbing or whatever it is that you do. Cause it's so expensive. And I always said, I wouldn't want to do it. And then one thing led to another and man, I just, I just got it. I mean, it just kind of found me, I guess. And now, mm. Yeah, I don't think I've thrown a real rod since like 2010. It's been a while, man. <laughs> Janelle, <laughs> Janelle, what about you? Did where did you first come to discover fly fishing? Oh man, you know what? I discovered it six years ago when I met Trent Denhoff. <laughs> okay, that... he was the man. <laughs> he was the man that introduced me to fly fishing. Um, before you know, I actually grew up on a lake, so it was your typical bobber worm fishing for like bluegill and sunfish and whatnot. Also grew up in Michigan. Well, anyways, when I met Trent, he introduced me to this world of uh, fly fishing. You know, he, he told me basically, this is our first date. He goes, I'm going to Montana. If you want to come, come with me. Otherwise, Uh otherwise, you know, maybe we'll meet down the road somewhere. And um, I obviously took, took advantage of that and so we went out to montana and i threw my first fly no, rod listen we fished we fished <laughs> Here no, we, go. we fished uh the reason like janelle is like janelle like there was a moment in new zealand there was a moment in new zealand it was like three years into janelle's fly fishing shit it was like and there was a moment in new zealand where janelle catches this catches this trout i mean and she did everything like it was like it was like hey that she tied on the fly she cast it to this trout i got pissed off at this trout and so I kind of moved down river and Janelle was like, I'm just going to try again. And dude, she always had like, it took her like three years. She always had like these little issues, but I will never forget the first time like she made this. Anyways, what the point of that was in New Zealand, I was like at the time I was like, holy cow, I think Janelle's passing me. And in the last three years, it's been kind of crazy on the river. But uh, when we first started, we went to Montana for one month and Janelle told them how many fish you caught. Uh, Even with red worms and an indicator, how many fish did you catch? I couldn't catch a fish. Oh my God. It was I awesome. couldn't catch a fish. Fish would be rising yeah. everywhere. <laughs> Tell us about uh, the day on the, on the one river with the rises in the pocket. Oh, there was, there was a moment. This is my first trip ever fly fishing. You know, mm-hmm. um, like I said, I had never thrown a fly. I was, you know, 21 years old. And we were standing on a riverbank in Montana. And of course it's like perfect conditions. The sun is setting, the fly hatch is going on. um, And there's this pocket and you just see like at least like 25, at least 25 fish rising. And I was throwing a dry fly out there and I could not catch one. And Trent was was such a thing. He was getting so mad at me. (laughs) Cause he had been fly fishing for years. And of course, like in this scenario, as like a, as an experienced fly fisherman, this is like the easiest thing ever, right? Yeah. So um, that was my first experience, and of course, I stuck to it. Trent was very, very patient. I mean, I had spent, I had been already guided in Montana for like five years, and I have never <laughs> seen it was like fall, 
it was October. It was a mahogany done. I've never seen so many mahogany. I mean, there was, you could have like, it looked like a salmon fly. Every fish in the river from three inches to 30, it was just all in this pocket. And I was just like, oh, woman, all you got to do is just get a roll cast out and get your fly more than one foot away from your floating line. Use that nine feet and you're, oh my God. But dude, it's different now, man. It's different, Janelle. Janelle, I don't know. I think I rode the boat too long for her. It took her. <laughs> it took her a while to row the boat. It took a lot of years for her to row the boat through some white water. Uh, so she had a way more years on the on the on the rod than me. So I don't know. I, I don't think. I think I'm starting to slip. You guys, she's catching to, you up. Yeah, but needless to say, no. I I had never fly fished up until I met Trent, and now it's it's addicting. You know, once you start, you mm. don't stop. Yeah. So. Amen. So I'm curious, guys, I always talk, I like to talk influences, kind of like who influenced you and where'd you learn? Uh, it sounds, you know, like you kind of took a, a lot of cues from Trent, but Trent, Trent, who did, uh, who would you cite as influences in the fly fishing world? Uh, well, mine is the park fly shop, uh, man, uh, uh, Richard, I think is his name. I, I'm going to hate that. I don't know that name anymore, but uh, parks fly shop in Gardner, Montana. So he's the legend. He'd been there forever. Like he is the legend of the Yellowstone River and the Yellowstone National Park. He's written a ton of books. Uh, he's not my influence at all, but he 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 like he kind of like he he was he was my fly shop. So he always treated me with respect. I walked in there with a Cabela's rod and like blue like me. I got a photo. I got photos. This is real like from Walmart. I didn't know, man. I was a bass fisherman from Michigan, so I just walked into Walmart. Bought the fly rod, bought the blue waders, and then Parks Fly Shop t- took real good care of me. And I had a bartender buddy who went on to start his own fly fishing company. And he took me out to the, the little firehole river. I caught like six-inch trout, and I came from bass fishing. I spent all day for a six-inch trout, man. I didn't. I don't know how I kept sticking with fly fishing. I was just like, this was a hard day, man. But uh, <laughs> I was just lucky, man. I lived inside of Yellowstone National Park. And so I think back in the day, I think uh, as you get older, you always look back and Man, I was like, I was lucky, man. I worked through a government shutdown. They shut down the park for like like two weeks, and no tourists were allowed in. So oh. we had the whole park to ourselves. Oh, I mean, it was man. just like, dude, it was just. I'm looking back at it, I wasted. I think I went fly fishing like once in two weeks. I was too busy. <laughs> so, you know, plug your ears. I was too busy, <laughs> too busy down in the bar, probably. You uh, guys, you know what I get a kick out of you guys is you seem like you're you guys just about up for any adventure. You always like, okay, so I got I got to admit. I started doing my homework the other day and I'm watching your vids from, from the bum diary podcast. Like when you guys were doing the, uh, the flower farm <laughs> and I was, yeah. <laughs> I was quite enjoying that because I think like, look, I'm, I'm not a farmer. I, I work kind of my industry that I'm in is farming and I'm surrounded by it. I guess we're all farmers in a way, if you have a garden and like, I think there's, there's, there's so much, I find a lot of commonalities between gardening and fly fishing. There's not a lot of fly fishers that don't also garden. You guys, has that been your experience? Uh, because I think farming is, expe- I, I, dude, I think it's like, that's like, that's one of the reasons we're quitting the farm is like, I told you now, I said we haven't fished in six months. I mean, it was like, it, it, no, but ser- but seriously, man, like seriously, it was like, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, the problem with farming is you're so far away from the great fly fishing, in my opinion. Like, I'm not talking crap about Michigan right now. I won't do that. It's my home state. But, man, it's it's not it's not Montana. It's not Wyoming. It's not Idaho. It's not Patagonia. Like, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like those trout rivers of the West. And so, yeah, it's really hard. I guess there's no farm. It's hard to farm in Montana. Because that was, like, one of the reasons we moved back to Michigan. I think, too, though, to your point of, like, how 
like farming and fly fishing is related i think it's just that need to like be outside you know and like connect with nature i feel like that's the biggest mm. the biggest thing because like we're very outdoorsy people i mean i think there's just something to be said about like being on a river and just like experiencing that you know and like being surrounded by trees and like mm-hmm. birds and like obviously like eagles you know when you're on the river it's such a such a unique experience and then on the farm it's super similar you know you're getting your hands dirty and yeah. i mean trent and i are very like I don't, I don't want to say like minimalistic, but I would say to go please. deeper. I mean, like when you're, I, I have this argument now in Montana about the Madison river, because I mean, I'm not name dropping the Madison river is probably the most road about river in the world. And, uh, like I tell people on the river, I'm like, man, there's still like, there's still a lot of, I don't know. I think like when you're on the river, it's just like, it's you and the river. You don't have to worry about anything else. It's just like you and what you're doing. And in farming, it is the same way. Like when you're on the river, it's like, Hey, it's me. It's just rod. I got to mm. catch a fish. And so you're like locked into one thing. And in farming, it's the same thing. Like there was days me and Janelle would work, like, I'd wake up and like, Janelle, if we don't weed the sunflowers today, we're going to lose 10 grand of like sunflower crops. Like we've already done so much work and all we have to do is weed it one more time. And so, I mean, like you just kind of lock into like one more, one thing. It's like, I'm just going to pick the stupid weed over and over again. Just like when you're kind of like fishing, like, especially in New Zealand, it's like I'm going to cast a stupid fly into this pocket. And then I'm, yeah, you, know, you have to have so much patience, man. Who's got more patience, you or Janelle? Trent. What? what you, who has more patience, you or I? I feel like it's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually pretty. Say that. Go ahead. I think in different. I think in different ways, we both can be patient. But I think overall, I'd probably say I'm the more patient one. Right? It's weird. I mean, what, what do you mean by patience? You mean like breaking point and like blowing up? I, I probably get there a little bit faster. I probably get like blowing up a little bit faster. Um, yeah, probably. But well, yeah. I just I think I think patience, observation is something that we always talk about. And like for me, I think if you're spending a lot of time in the outdoors and you want to kind of get dialed in fly fishing, it really does hone in those observation skills. You know, like where are those insects pop and what life cycle is it? Is it a, is it a larva? Is it a pupa? Is it an adult? Are you fishing dries? You kind of really have to pay attention to the details of small things. Most definitely. I would say that's like farming too. Yeah, you are right. That is a huge like thing too with farming. It's like, yeah, the details, man. And if one thing is off, it's like, it was, it's funny. Cause you say that, like, especially in fly fishing, like, man, we were just on a river in Idaho. We spent like a couple weeks there. This was like in October. And it was like, we had, we, we misplaced our hook and our streamer pattern. I've been like trying to, man, we misplaced our hook. by And then we, there was a guy, Kelly Gallup, who's like a really fan, like he's really big, obviously. And he, he was very nice to be emailing back and forth with us. And, yeah, oh, man, we overlooked one little detail, dude, man. We had everything. <laughs> like we, oh, we and, like, we're like, Kelly, like, hey, man, we just saw, like, 60 fish today, and we hooked zero. Like, what is going on? We can feel them on the streamer. Why is this hook not going into their lip? And, oh, man, it's just, uh, hmm. yeah, you're right. One, one, little, one little detail, and you're off, and it just, it ruins it. It's the same in farming, man. Same in farming. You, There's been so many times where we were off by one calculation. So it's like, oh, we, we, we learned a lesson there, didn't we? Yeah, I get it. And they're hard lessons, usually, I would imagine, in farming. You know, if you're off by a bit, it usually translates into a lot, right? Yeah, yeah but I've only I've only ever cried when I lose a fish. I, I, think, <laughs> I think I've only cried one time. I cried one time for losing a fish, and I've watched Janelle sit, sit on the bank and just, like, dude, we didn't talk, man, one time. Like, Janelle was just like, she was like, so I was like, oh, I, I kind of fucked. I don't know. Sorry, I don't know who messed up, man. There was, like, a moment in New Zealand where, Janelle had a net opportunity on a fish of a lifetime and she got it for me. 
And then I was in, I, we were, we switched roles and I just couldn't get this fish to the net and you know, it popped off and they were, oh, I've never seen you no more mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> I've never but, seen her more mad but, at me. But even like your situation when we were in New Zealand, you know, you had like the fish of a lifetime and sometimes, sometimes it just happens, you know, you're so close. It just breaks you're off. You're so close to getting that like trophy fish, right? And then it just, yeah. you uh, don't. Hurt. And then you don't talk to each other for like 20 minutes. You yeah. Got it. Got it. But if I kill a whole bunch, somebody's fault. But if I kill a whole bunch of flowers, I'm just like, that sucks. You know, it's like, <laughs> now, like, it's not the same feeling. I guess I don't know. It's that messed up to say that in my business. I feel more. You, I feel more. I, I get a kick out of you guys because I, I. So I'm trying to figure things out. So so you had you had the farm. You got the flower shop. You're doing your fly fishing thing. Now you're down in uh, Key West. You're working at Schooner Wharf. What what made you guys? <laughs> What made you guys go down there? Just uh, walk me through that a little bit. You want to do it or you want me to do it? Go ahead. I'll do the fast version and Janelle fill in the details. So we're now, I guess the next step is raising a family. We got a chihuahua a couple years ago. Janelle wanted kids, so I got her a chihuahua. Um, Now she's starting to talk about kids again. I can't, I I don't want another chihuahua, dude. (laughs) We love that little chihuahua, but it's so, but anyways, um, so when me and Janelle met, we make good money seasonal bartending. Like we make very good money. Like we make, so we would go to Yellowstone, we'd bartend, and then you'd have two months off. So we'd go to another country, we'd fish. Then we'd come back to the States and we'd go down to Key West, Florida. We'd bartend for two or three months. We'd make a lot of money. It's currently where we're at right now. And then we're about to get a, jump on a plane, go to Argentina, and, and, and then come back and go to Yellowstone. Well, then we kind of like looked at the numbers and we said, well, how can we raise a family? That's kind of like a little bit harder. Like, how can we raise a family? So we, we and I raised them on a small farm. There's a lot of pride as a farmer. So I didn't, I didn't want to see my land. I don't know. It was a lot of mental stuff went into the farm, dude. And we, like, we got to the hop business and we got to the flower farm. We were making money, but like, we weren't making what we were making, making bartending. And we were making way less than we were making bartending. So we tried the farm for a couple of years. Um, it was a really tough decision, man. I think that was like the toughest decision me and Janelle ever had. You know, we made this decision like a couple months ago because if you've creeped on us, like that's all people see is how hard we put into the flowers. We did 100%. But, you know, we had a really good offer from a business that we worked with in Montana for years behind their bar. We just had a really, really good offer from them. And we, we had, we're like Schooner Wharf is one of the busiest bars in the Keys. It took us like eight years to get our housing down here and eight years to get our, I mean, this is something we've been doing a long time. And, I don't you know. Tell them about the first story with the Explorer when we came down here. You know what I mean? Like it's just like you know, that kind of get that right, or that's kind of like. Oh no, definitely. It, that's so, kind of where we're at right now. I guess it's, it's so complicated to explain our story to people. It's funny because we've actually been coming down to the Keys for the past six years. So um, originally, when I met Trent, he had already been doing like the seasonal bartending gig type of thing, and you know, obviously, like wanting to travel, we decided to come down here. No, I re- I always did ski resorts. Right. And then Janelle, I have actually have a heart condition thing. The doctor didn't like me on the snowboard. And so Janelle didn't really like want to do a ski season. And Airbnb had just launched, man. Airbnb had just launched. And Airbnb affected ski towns way before anything else. Um, so I kind of saw, like, the, I was, like, the first wave of, like, Airbnbs. And I was, like, the first one to be like, man, it's, like, it's really hard to live at 10,000 feet. <laughs> like, I can live I can sleep underneath a palm tree if I have to in Key West, and I will. Me and Janelle, the first year we came down here, this is a real story. It's like a little embarrassing, I guess. Not really. We own it. But when we came down, man, we had just did a trip in Montana for two months. We blew way too much money. And we came down to Key West. When Janelle will tell you, like, she'll like, tell them how much, like, we were living out of a Ford Explorer. <laughs> we rolled into town in a 1992 Ford, Ford Explorer. Explorer. 
We were living out of the back of it on like a futon mattress. We had a cooler. That's where we were keeping all of our stuff. We had like, we 50, bucks, we had like 50 bucks in and, quarters. And we went, to, we went to the gas station, and I'll never forget, we got down to the Florida Keys, and we were rock, paper, scissoring to see it. Who would go in and, and pay for gas <laughs> with quarters? For gas. And it was so that we bad. could like it was that bad. Hey, but find the, a place to work. The next, so. week, the next week, though, we were making $500 a night. <laughs> wow. That we must, were, that yeah, must so, have been yeah. weird. That's uh, yeah. Well, that's what I mean by do it yourself, dude. So with this do it yourself, like New Zealand was the same way. We went to New Zealand with like 20k. We landed back in the states with like we would we did not do our budget correctly, and we landed back in the states. I don't we even had, think I don't even think we, we didn't have like 20k. I think we did New Zealand for like six or seven. But anyways, we felt like 20k. Dude, we landed in Florida, and we had to, we upgraded from the 92 Ford Explorer to a 92 Ford van. <laughs> And it wasn't our high top van that we have now. So we have our third van now. But anyways, dude, this van, I parked it at mom and dad's trailer park and uh, over by Tampa Bay. And we landed from New Zealand and mom and dad came and got us. They got no money, but mom and dad came and got us to the airport. And like we begged for jobs, literally said the first job will give us a bartending shift. We're very good at what we do. The next day, we the next day. It was like, oh, we made 200 bucks. And then, like, in a week, in, like, a month, like, we make, like, 10 or – you can, like, make 10 or 15,000. So, you're really, you are right, man. It's so weird to go from, like, oh, my God, we are desperate to, oh, my God. And that's the same with the farm. Like, the farm is like, oh, my God. Like, we spent so much on the farm. And then, like, you get all the profit at the end, and it's just like, oh, my God, we got to spend all this money to get on seeds next year. What are we doing? Like, it was just like, <laughs> oh, so, so, just so I'm clear in my brain, so do you still have the farm or did you sell a farm? So it's actually Trent's family's farm. Oh, okay. So it's still in the family. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We cool. had an offer. I mean, it's still it's still like our like we we fixed up the farm. We fixed up it's all our tractors. We like own all the equipment. Like we pretty much own everything. Um, and, all the stuff is still there. We're not sure what we were. We're not like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Next season, we'll probably end up planting flowers before we head out west because mm-hmm. we probably won't be out west until May. So. The farm isn't really necessarily going anywhere. Yeah, we're still going to um, do a farm, the but it's going to be more, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. We're going to be more like corn. We're going to plant the one flower, and yeah, it's just, I don't know, man. It's, it's like our flower podcast, but it's, <laughs> the corn, the corn, it's, uh, The corn flowers? Is that is that where the money yeah. is? <laughs> no, it's a thing called a dahlia, and they're so expensive. Oh, man, so yeah. Many of them. Well, that's, yeah, a, that's so a tuber, a, is it not? Yeah, dude. So you know, you know, yeah. So we have like ten or twenty thousand of these things, but we have machines that can plant them in like a week. Mm. So we're just gonna plant them and let them grow because you are right. The tubers are so valuable. So we're just gonna keep planting them. Who knows what the future holds for and us? Like, my mom used to dig those up every fall, bring them inside, and then replant them. So something like they went yeah, rotten or something. And if you left them, yep, that's exactly what we do, man. Ours are all sitting in the hole right now. That's exactly mm. what we don't dig them anymore. We're we're lazy. We got a machine that strips them out of the ground with the tractor. <laughs> it pulls them up. We put them into a bucket. We throw them into a hole, and we go to Florida. Love yeah. it. Love it. Yeah. So l- let's talk about this this journey you guys have coming up. So you're headed to Argentina, as I understand it. And so we've got Trent and Janelle on the line from the Bum Diary podcast. These guys are avid fly fishers. They're bartending uh, in uh, in the Keys at Schooner Wharf. I'm I'm kind of getting a little jealous here, guys, because you guys are exactly why I started this show to capture that kind of fly fishing lifestyle. Because I think you said it yourselves. You're gonna start a family. So right now. If I could give you some advice, take advantage of this time right now because you got, you know what I mean? Like you have an opportunity here to get out there, do some things. And when you get back, it might kind of be more on the farm or more in day jobs. But man, 
tell us about this trip you guys have coming up to Argentina. First off, where are you going? What kind of um, what kind of waters you going to be hitting? And like, walk us through the journey that's coming up. All right. So like two weeks ago, <laughs> two weeks ago, we kind of just bought tickets because that's like the first thing we always do. Like, so we like just buy tickets first because then if we don't go, it was only like fifteen hundred bucks. So we. <laughs> Which is a lot, but for yeah. Argentina, it was like the price you couldn't, yeah. you couldn't pass. So we're like, we, want, we just have to buy these we tickets. Want, yeah, so Argentina, we were in Argentina in 2020, and we had landed for two months. And so right when we landed, like, we were in Key West, and everybody was starting to get sick. It was like, it was like January, February 2020. And so all the cruise ships were landing, and everybody was starting to get sick, but there really wasn't this term for anything. It was just like, hey, there's a lot of people sick in China. So we knew what we were getting into, and we were working with a out, with a company called uh well Outcast yeah, Rafting, Outcast Raft Company. Oh, well, one they of my faves. A, Always yeah, had, had Outcast awesome. growing up. And so we wrote them, we wrote them a uh, email, and we just said, hey, we were looking at a raft that they had, and I was very curious about this raft. I was like, hey, man. And so they kind of kept started writing me back, and they were like, what are you guys planning on doing with this raft? Because <laughs> I was like, hey, man, I see this raft that you have. It looks like it can go in a backpack. Do you think it can fly? Do you think it can handle big, like, rivers? Not, like, white water, but can it handle, like, going a week down a river? You know, it was made by – it was high quality. It was made by Airy Raft Company, which I'd have been a whitewater raft company with that company. And so I was like – I was like, okay, so we really trusted them. Like, we trusted the thing. So, anyways, worked out this deal where we could take this raft down there, beat, beat the hell out of it, and then bring it back and you know, kind of return it and, like – uh so we like really wanted to get this trip done. We're like, oh my god, we have a raft in Argentina because that's like the biggest thing in Argentina. It's like you want, you need. I thought. I mean, I'm a big. Ra- I'm a lazy. Janelle's different. Janelle likes the small streams. Like <laughs> I like to wade fish. Yeah. But but no, like to have like Trump was saying to have a raft in Argentina is huge. Well, I'm a lazy. I'm a lazy. I love fishing. Around. Even in like in New Zealand, I'm like, oh, if I had a raft, <laughs> I just roll cast to the back. Yeah. I'm very lazy. Slow down. Cover a lot of water. Yeah. Um, and you can get to rivers that you can like, man, there's like some rivers, like, I don't know if being a raft, it, you have a really great access, even if anyways. And so my first year, I went to Argentina before Janelle, went, right before Janelle, I went to Argentina. I crashed this raft. I spent all I do. I crashed this raft into a pretty big rapid that I shouldn't have taken it down. And I had to like hike out and the Argentinian military had to help me. It was like, it was horrible. Then I got really sick and like, I had to like leave the country and like, then like I had another raft. I was like, Oh my God, here we go. And so we pushed this trip knowing that there was like, there was like, I don't know, man. There was like, it was a lot of talk about this thing, about this like uh flu. And so we were supposed to be there for eight weeks. We were there for like two weeks and we were like driving around and like everything got progressively. Everybody knows. I'm not going to go into that. Like everyone knows what happened. And so we were like sitting there on the side of the river and we were like, Hey, like, should we just wipe this out? Is this not a bad, this might just be like H1N1. This might just be like uh this might, this might not be that bad. You know, like this might, we didn't, nobody knew at the time. And so we were kind of planning like, we're, Hey, we got like six grand, you know, that's a lot of money in Argentina. We were, we, this was way before anybody knew what inflation was. And like, we were like, man, we almost like waited it out in Argentina and the NBA had shut down. I remember looking at Janelle and like, listen, the NBA doesn't shut down. Like sports don't shut down. I don't care what the presidents are saying. Like, sports do not shut down. I said, the NBA is literally shutting down going into playoff season. I was like, this is weird. Like, NCAA, like, so this is really weird. And so we got on the last flight, man. Like, we were, like, in the airport. It was, like a, it was just like the movies, man. Like, we were, like, on the last flight. out, of, And, like, we had to leave everything. We had to leave the mm-hmm. raft. That's a whole other story because we left the raft with our Airbnb guy. They were kicking us out of our hospital. Oh, my God. The police, like the the police were coming flight. around. Yeah. The police were coming around. Dude, they, they, like, overnight, like, like, people were like, oh, Americans, Americans, yeah, 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 dollars, dollars, dollars. And then it's just like, oh, my God, like, no, 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 you Americans, because nobody down there had anything. And, like, oh, and it was like, no, we've already been in your country for, like, two weeks. Like, oh, and it's like, no, you got to quarantine. The police were going around. Dude, it was like, 
I don't know, man. It got mm. fucking wild, man. It got what wild, city? Man. Like, what city were you guys in in Argentina at this time? Barlochen. Like, like yeah, yeah. We thought this. Man, you don't realize how far south you are, man. Barlochen is a big city, but it ain't that. I mean, it was like, it was wild, man. And we were in Barlochen, and we had to get out. And so I remember looking at Janelle. We were in Barlochen, and this is where we messed up. Like, we were in Barlochen, and they're like, no, no bags. And so we had to leave that. We had to leave our outcast raft. Or our, yeah, we had to, like, uh, like our like our extra yeah. luggage, yeah. yeah, anything extra that we had brought down. Yeah, and so we we just got on this airplane, right? And we lost like we lost like all our money because we would go in there, and I'm like I'm like you know they, they there's like there's like thirty thousand people that are trying to get out of Patagonia, and they were like shutting down flights. And I remember like looking at Janelle, I said I said hey, get on Google and just start buying flights. And so we got on this flight. We were like in two different areas of the airplane and we fly into Buenos Aires and this is where we messed up. I was so desperate to get out of Patagonia and went to Buenos Aires. If you don't know anything about Argentina, like Buenos Aires is, is huge, dude. Buenos Aires, like if, if Argentina is the size of America, Buenos Aires is New York city and Patagonia is California. And 90% of the people live in New York, live in this New York area. So we flew into Buenos Aires and it was a different world, man. Like now we were like, Oh my God, we were just in Patagonia with like good water and we could have eat the fish and we had friends down there. Like we could have like, we could have made it down there, but now we're in the streets of Buenos Aires. Like it was like, Oh my God, man. And then the Airbnb and the police were coming. So we went to the airport and it was the same shit. Just, you know, buy plane tickets, you buy plane ticket, they'd cancel it. They never give you your money back. It was absolutely brutal, dude. I watched so many kids that didn't have a, like an emergency fund like us. I watched so many backpackers stay in that airport. And dude, when we got on the plane, I remember telling Brazil, cause at the time Brazil was very like, we're not going to shut down. We're not going to shut down. So I remember telling Janelle, like, oh, fuck, we just got to get to Brazil. It's like, we're on an amazing race. I was like, oh, Janelle, we just, I was like, we just got to get to Brazil. Like, we got to get to Brazil. And so we got on an airplane, went to Brazil. And then we got to Brazil. And dude, so many people were coughing in the airport. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, oh, like, and we, like, so now, like, everybody in America had already been shut down for two weeks. I'm like, what are we going back to? It was, dude, nobody remembers the beat. Like, everyone's like, makes like, like we're at the end of it, but people don't forget. I don't care who you are in the beginning of this whole. You were everybody was like, "What's going on?" Hmm. And so we flew into Miami, man. Yeah. We got on this airplane, and it was all stewardess and airlines. It was like I don't know how we got on this airplane. It was just the whole airplane was like stewardess and other airline pilots that were American getting out of South America. Every single flight was going through Brazil. There were people coming from Germany through Brazil. Brazil was the only thing open on the, on the on the side of the world. It was Brazil and literally like Miami and New York. Before like that got shut down, wow. dude. We flew into Miami and it was a ghost town, man. We like they dropped us on the tarmac. There was nobody. I'll never forget that feeling, dude. Was, yeah. What are we coming back to? Anyways, so we went back to the farm, and when we went back to the farm, Yellowstone was shut down, and so I, Janelle was looking at the tractors and she's like, "Do these things work?" And so we started flower farming, man. And like so, we made good money that year. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, you guys, this trip, yeah. you guys are killing me here just with this one story. I feel like we're jumping down rabbit holes. But are you telling me you had yeah. Ye- Yellowstone to yourselves? Well, yeah, kind of when we went back out there. Wow. Because we quit the flower farm and like Yellowstone was kind of shut down, but then it reopened. But like there was like so many laws and shit. Like we kind of like I guess I had Yellowstone twice by myself because I had it for the government shutdown like in 2012. Wow. <laughs> but anyways, man, so with this trip. So Argentina didn't reopen. Like, it took Argentina a really long time to reopen. And then it reopened, but you couldn't take a travel car. You, it, like, reopened, but you had to go to a lodge. Like, we don't have that type of money. So, like, it reopened, but you had to go to a lodge. You couldn't rent a car. You couldn't go over to Chile. So this is the first year where Argentina is back open. And so, you know, with the farm, it kind of killed our it kind of killed our expenses. And so, anyways, this upcoming trip, what's going on is 
you know, like two, three weeks ago, we looked at the money that we're having saving and it's exactly what you just nailed it, man. We kind of like looking like, Hey, if we're going to have a family in two or three years, like, like this is the time to go out there and go get wild in Argentina. And, and so this, two weeks ago, we bought airline tickets. Just spend it. Yeah. And then what are we doing? On a whim. Do you know, kind of, on a total whim. But you know, kind of knows the itinerary. So <laughs> are you going through Brazil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, we're not. No. no, we're actually flying direct from Miami straight into Buenos Aires. And then we're going to. No, dude. Yeah. We're going but straight there. From there, this time. From there. We're still like discussing where we're going to go. Hmm. from Violet Jay. Well, tell them how we normally do it. So for your listeners, mm-hmm. if you are going to do this by yourself, because you made a joke, like, are you going to Brazil? Hell no, dude. We are flying. <laughs> we we. So for your listeners, there's two ways to get to Patagonia. If you're doing it, do it yourself. If you're just going to be like, hey, I'm going to go to Patagonia tomorrow, there's two ways to do it. One is you go through Santiago, and then you got to go south, and that's Chile side, or the other side is, is Argentina. So you got to fly to Argentina, but there's something called a peso, an Argentinian peso, and there's something called a blue peso. Now, an Argentinian peso, if you're really, really rich, you just use your credit card. Who cares what your who cares? You know what I mean? You're rich, so you just use your you just use your credit card and the government will give you like one to one eighty. But on the streets it's illegal and it's called the blue peso. Now it's not illegal like dangerous, but it can be dangerous. But uh, so it's like you go to these things called combios and, and it's all like on the street, man. It's kinda like they call it like the mafia. It's all kinda legal, but kinda it's just it's really hard. And so you go it's on the gray area. Gray area. <laughs> so you go on the streets and one US dollar right now is four hundred. So you almost get like double your money, dude. Wow. And so, uh, yeah, and so it's called the blue peso. So if you're going to do any research into Argentina, you're going to see this term blue peso, blue peso, blue peso. And if you're doing it, if you're doing it DIY, you are going under blue peso. So the first thing you're going to ask yourself is, well, how do I get a blue peso? And so there's three different ways to do this. And the first year what we did was, this was before Janelle, I flew into the airport. Dude, I should have died. I, this was before cell phones. I should like really like down there. Anyways, I should have died. I flew. I didn't know what I was doing, man. I flew into Buenos Aires, one of the most, there's some dangerous parts of Buenos Aires. I went and got a hotel room by the area. I was literally walking around the streets just with no Spanish experience looking around for pesos. I got pesos. I rented a car with like, and they were like, just drive. And I was like, the police are, I was like so sketchy. And I had like, I didn't know how I got out of the city. I drove all the way to Patagonia, I drove all the way across. Stupid. So now like the second time, like, you know, tell me like what the, about the hotel. Yeah, so we get to the hotel and well, the second time, the second. So with me and you, how do we get pesos? Yeah, we get to this hotel. We like Trent said that we needed to get one of the nicest hotel rooms in Buenos Aires for this reason. And basically, Trent goes into this back room, which is super sketchy with like these guys, and they lock the door. Because <laughs> we go to the most expensive. <laughs> sketchy, but like we go, we just we spend the money. It's like two or three hundred bucks. You get the most expensive hotel room in Buenos Aires, and then you say, "Hey, I'm right. American. So I want to transfer." Yeah, Trent goes up to the front desk and says, "That's so sketchy. It's a little weird. A guy shows know? up in a car and like briefcase, and like he's got a guard. It's a little weird. You know? Yeah, like he's going to this like back weird, room. Blue peso is a weird thing, but you got to get the blue peso. Like if you're going to go to Argentina, do it yourself. You need to get the blue peso. You know, like you have to get the blue peso. So. There's a couple different ways to get it. The internet mm. will tell you about it, but so that you have to get the blue peso. If you're going to do it yourself, like you just, I mean, you get two for one. So this year I'm running a car and I just asked all the car people, like, you know, and like me and Janelle, we, we like to do all our money all at once. So if you get it, if so me and Janelle are really like, we, we pinch pennies as you can tell. So if you're in Buenos Aires and you exchange your money, if you're in Buenos Aires and you exchange your money, you get a way better rate than going all the way down to Patagonia. You get a way better rate in the city. But the, the, the difficulty is if you're going to be there for two months, you have to exchange your money all in one go. So that's a lot of, that's a lot of yeah, cash that's, carrying around. That's sketch. But yeah. the, 
and the other side of the thing is like Argentina's inflation is crazy. That's the other thing you'll find out in your in your in your research of Argentina's. Everybody knows about their inflation. So if you start your trip and it's one to four hundred, at the end of your trip it could be one to six hundred. And so it's like, so you got to play this game like how. And once you exchange a peso, this is the other thing. It's like once you exchange a peso, there's no way to get it back. It's like one of the world's top three. Like like no no other world would touch an Argentinian peso. It's like garbage. So like once you like. So that was like, that was our problem for COVID was we exchanged all this money in Buenos Aires. We flew to Patagonia and then we got kicked out of the country two weeks later. We had all these pesos that nobody will give you money back for. <laughs> so we gave it all, Yeah. We gave it to our Airbnb host to watch our raft. It wasn't even our raft, you know, to watch the raft. And then he called us up a year later and goes, it's my raft. I'm going to sell it unless you send me like a thousand dollars. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? What are you doing, dude? I gave you so many pesos. So, oh, so is that raft, did he sell it? No, no, we gave him a thousand bucks. Oh yeah. man, that is that is the biggest reason we're going back. Yeah, to I'm going back to get my rat. Get Holy. This guy. We actually got it. We got it out of his house, man. We found we we got a buddy to get out of him, but man, shook us down, dude. Shook us down. Yeah. I think you need to do a story on this raft for Outcast because this raft could tell a few stories, right? <laughs> oh, dude, it's seen some. It's seen some things. It's seen for some. sure. Hey, man, if this raft isn't sitting in a thing, it's got rat holes. We're gonna fix up the rat holes. If this thing, if we float eight weeks and come back with this raft. My God, I mean, this is going to be the most epic story, but we'll see, man. Anyway, so that, so you asked about what our plans are. We still really don't know. We know the region. So you asked what we're going to be. I'm not a lake. Are you fish a lot of lakes? Probably. I, yeah. Well, I was going to ask you guys. I mean, Jurassic Lake's got to be on the bucket list, but I'm, I, that's super expensive. It's not. I have seen that you can do it yourself, but you got to walk like six miles. And I just, that's over my pay grade. I don't think I can walk to the. Do you, are you familiar with the step of Argentina? With with the what of Argentina? Sorry. The step. I don't know how to call it. What, what's oh. what's the name? step? The step. How do you say that word? The steep, the step? Yeah. It's, I think it's the step. Yeah. La step. Yeah. I don't know. Essentially, it's just like the desert of Argentina. It's it like looks like it's windy. It looks windy as hell. It is. It's windy as hell. There's nothing. It's all dirt roads, and it's just, like, barren. Yeah, whereas Chile is the most beautiful. Dude, Chile, I'm sorry. I, actually, I don't even want to say it, but, like, it's, like, because I don't want I just keep going into New Zealand. But, dude, Chile, southern Chile, I think, is the most beautiful place yeah. I've ever seen. Like, so I mean, southern Chile rivals, man, it rivals New Zealand. There's some South great Island, fishing, really great fishing, too. Yeah, but it's just, it's not, it's like, it's very green. So it's like you up in British Columbia area. It's like, mm-hmm. so, dude, you're in Argentina. It's just like, man, it's like, it's like worse. I don't know what everyone, everyone always says like Eastern Montana and Eastern Iowa. I think it's worse. I mean, it's just, there's not, it's so much grander because the, the Rockies are only 10,000 feet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Eastern, everyone's like, oh, it looks like Eastern Wyoming and Montana. I was like, not really because our, our mountain's only 20 or 10,000 feet. So yeah, it does look like that. But dude, you're talking like, you're talking like hundreds of miles why i mean this it, it is like the, the the alps are the Al- i mean or not the Alps, but the the you know down there it's like it's like i mean it's just it's just it's crazy but, but in general no we don't do a ton of like lake fishing we're very much so floating down rivers wade fishing on rivers um we don't get a lot into the lake fishing to be I don't totally know. honest do, with do you, you prefer one or the other or you just like you don't it doesn't matter to you as long as there's fish there I, you guys, you know, you you're jogging my memory. I had I had a group that did uh, a fly fishing film for the IF four, and they were in Patagonia and they were fishing for um, brown trout, and I mean some of the largest brown trout I've ever seen, 
And uh, I'll have to look that episode up and send it to you because I'll tell you, it it motivated me. But that land, it looks so rugged. Like there's no, it's not like there's a lot of trees to kind of get out of the wind or you're you're very, it seems very exposed and kind of dusty and just really gnarly. Yeah, it is. I don't know why we do it. I don't know why we like it so much. (laughs) And and not to be dramatic, but, like, it really is six hours of that. Like, just nothingness. Just brown, windy, You get out to take a leak, and it's like you're going, dude, you really are going sideways. You're blowing over. going sideways. You get to the river. Dude, we went to the best area of Patagonia, and it was like, I'll never forget this. So there's a company called Big Sky Anglers out of West Yellowstone, Justin and the boys. They, They... they're really good at what they do down there. And Justin sent us to a great area down there. It's called the Lakes District. And we're just, I don't know why I don't like lakes. It's bigger fish. I just, I like rivers. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's like the poetry of a river and every hole. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it's when I'm just still fishing. I just, I don't do it. I just, I just don't know why. I just isn't, that's just not what gets me there. I don't know why. But anyway, so he sends us to this area. And man, I'm not kidding. Janelle, well, how bad was the weather? Oh God, we looked at each other. It was overcast, like three gray, days of like worst weather ever. Fifty mile per hour winds. It was miserable. So we call it right. We call it and we drive up there and we kick in it with Justin later on back in the states. And he just looks at us and he goes, "Oh my God, you had those conditions and you didn't go fishing." <laughs> and so there's like certain people. We're not those. Pe- I'm not those people. <laughs> I'm just like. For me, I'm just like, man, I don't know if I could do it, man. I don't know. If you, everyone, All your listeners can make fun of me, but, man, I don't know, man. I, I'll go home and tie flies and wait for, like, wait for that for that opening. Maybe that's how I was trained, but I don't know. It was just, well, that was know. that was the next thing I was going to ask you. So there's not, it's not like there's a fly shop at every stop. Um, are you taking no. your tying gear with you guys or what? Yeah, Janelle hates it. Janelle, we're telling the story about me and my fly tying gear. Trent, everywhere we go, anywhere we go, Trent always brings his entire fly fishing gear, right? Janelle hates or it. Fly tying gear. Janelle hates me. it because I don't even really get into it. But I, because I, I, I'm always tying. But no, it always, it always, cra- it always cracks me up though because it's like a whole suitcase of stuff, right? And it's not small. It's not a small suitcase by any means. And ninety uh, percent of the time, he probably more than ninety percent of the time, he never ends up actually tying flies. I carry it around everywhere, dude. He, he just like has to bring it though. Yeah, but just in case. Oh man. Just in case. Which is- I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So there are not a lot of fly shops. I just I don't know, dude. I've I've kind of outsourced it. I really like uh, uh Montana Montana. I don't know. I I think Montana. There's like a, a couple fly companies that sell to the fly shops in Montana. They do they do really good stuff, man. And so. uh I don't know. I kind of, that, that's like the one thing I always tell people, I'm like, man, you know, like we travel all these, we travel all the way to New Zealand. Like the last thing I'm skimping on is, you know, I, I can get away. I don't, I'm not, I don't, I think, I don't but, know. But you do have to be careful when you're traveling internationally with some of the fly tying stuff. Oh, New Zealand, because yeah, New Zealand's super, New Zealand, super strict about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like we got Trent, some of his capes were taken away. Oh yeah. Dude, um, I took so much of myself. Trent, you know, Trent, gotta be Trent wears a cape. Upset about that. What? <laughs> no, no, no. I said Trent wears a cape. Oh no. Yeah, no, they took they took like anything with like uh yeah. anything with skin. So elk oh, hair, yeah. anything with skin. They took everything, man. They took everything. We bought a brand new tent, it hadn't been open and they're like, Oh, there's like some bodily fluids inside of it. I'm like, I don't know where that came from. We haven't even opened that tent yet, but New Zealand <laughs> And it, it, it's good though for the country. I'm not saying anything. Like, that's yeah. hey, that's what it's. I'm not saying it's. Hey, it's good for your country. You know, I know why they do it. Um, 
yeah, just nobody really talks about that with New Zealand. I've never seen that anywhere written anywhere on the internet. So, so well, that's, that's, you look at some of the materials. Like I look on my tying wall here, and I had bought stuff back in the '80s for tying flies that was totally legal then, but is not now, right? Like uh, even like seal for polar bear, yeah, all that stuff. And it's like, <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. And uh, it, you know, that's that used to be fur and feathers. Now there's more synthetics and. We don't need to go down those roads, but um, it's, it's there are there, go ahead. there are good fly shops in Argentina. It's just you're gonna pay a good price. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna pay you're gonna pay a good price. But they had everything. I they had, it's way. I think the score of Argentina is like Montana. Uh, Two hundred years ago, I think that could have been said in the sixties. Uh, man, there's some good there's some good articles on the internet about like the, the lefty guys and stuff that went down there. Like, yes. I'll give you the sixties were probably like 200 years ago, but the way that the world works is like the curve is so quick. Yeah. And I would probably say like 2000, when the iPhone came out, 2007, 2008, it probably still felt like the the eighties and nineties, but man, with hmm. cell phones now and, and technology, I mean, man, I mean, yeah, it's still, it's still remote dude, but I've ended up in the middle of Wyoming in some towns that scared me. You know what I mean? So, I mean, Oh yeah. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter where you go. You can find those places for sure. When you get off the beaten track, do you know something I noticed when I was in Patagonia and kind of Argentina, Chile? I was looking for like Patagonia, you know, like like say a shop. And I'm like, everything was Colombia or North Face. It was like everything but, at least where I was. And I thought, well, that seems kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. That is kind of strange. I guess we didn't really notice that. We really, honestly, we didn't really go to a lot of fly shops till we were down there. We brought most of our gear, but. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's funny. That's interesting. So, you know, we got to do a show, obviously not during, cause you're probably not going to have cell service and all that good stuff. But when you guys get back, I'd really love to catch up and kind of have you walk us through that. And I, I think we need to dig into this raft a little bit. I, I think you might be sitting on some stories with that. <laughs> the fact that you still own this raft, I'm a little mind boggled that this guy didn't sell it. Well, yeah. Well, it, that was a whole process in itself, though. Like, that but, was a whole lot of communicating with people in Argentina and people driving four hours to pick it up. And <laughs> Do you guys speak process, Spanish? No. Yeah, we don't speak it's Spanish. The bare, like, the bare minimum. It's crazy. Wow. It's, we're bad. Okay, so you're, you're, really, you're really putting it no, out there. No, we're wild. Yeah. Janelle, tell me about, uh, like, uh, Janelle got pretty good at getting us... Uh, the big, getting a spy. The, no, no, no. The biggest hurdle is uh, the deli sections of the grocery store. Like that was like the biggest Ordering hurdle. Ordering meat and cheese. Ordering meat and cheese. Like that was like the gamer charade. Well, <laughs> we were talking about this before we kind of hopped on the recording, but uh, you better like rib steak and cilantro <laughs> if you're going to Argentina because that's pretty much oh, what you, you. The food is great. Did, don't get me wrong, but. You should hear the first, okay, so the first meal that we had in Argentina, we were at a restaurant, a super nice restaurant, right? We're sitting down. We and, cannot read the menu. And we cannot read the menu. I don't know so what we're taking, we're taking a total guess as to what we're ordering. So Trent orders the carne asada. I didn't know I was ordering that. I didn't know what I was ordering. He didn't know what he was ordering. So needless to say, we Is that a meat get our salad? Food. 
Oh, yeah. No, so he gets this giant piece of steak. And like you said, with the chimichurri sauce, you know, the cilantro, the parsley, all the good stuff. Oh, yeah. And the look on his face. Trent grew up on a cattle farm, right? So that's all he ate growing up. So he's not like a super crazy. I love the steak he's guy. Steak guy. I grew up eating that every day. And it's well done steak. So I hate <laughs> steak, dude. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. I brought it out. You're exactly right. It was a piece of plate. And it was the biggest steak I've ever seen with chimichurri. And I was like, I'm looking over at Janelle. She's got, like, veal encrusted Milanese with, like, pasta and red sauce. And I was just like, oh, my God, I want that side of the table. <laughs> but that is that is so much of what Argentina meals are. Yeah. And it was just hilarious because yeah. not speaking Spanish and, like, having that huge language barrier and just trying to, like, you know, make it work. And even in Argentina, you know, they don't go out to eat till like, 10 p.m. So exactly. That, I, oh, that one really messed me up. Like, we'd be sitting down for dinner at, like, 10 p.m. And I'm like... If we're getting up early, this is going to be a tough sleep. I'm going to get the kids, meat sweats. Are, <laughs> there's like, there's, you'll like be leaving a restaurant like at 1130 at night. You'll be leaving yeah. a restaurant. Oh, yeah. And there'll be a family with kids walking in to get dinner. I'm like, it's 1130 p.m. There's a family of you're, eight walking in. You're not wrong. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, you're not wrong. You know what I did um, find amazing, though, was the seafood. If you find a place that has seafood it can be unbelievable we were in a couple of places down there and it was just like the you know it's the water is so cold in in the southern part of kind of let's say chile and some of those areas down there that uh, the seafood is exceptional yeah we didn't get into that much but that's something that we'll have to have to uh experience this time hmm so Let's talk about the wine too. Yeah. <laughs> you said oh. You're, you said... oh my god. Well, that's, that's all like I was best. doing down there was hitting. we I was uh, for my day job as a winemaker. I was. We were in uh, in Mendoza and in Santiago, and so we were going to uh, Barrel Coopers, Tenerife uh, Nationale, which is one of the Barrel Coopers uh, I use at, at where I work, but at Hester Creek. But I will tell you that uh, the, the, yeah, the wines were amazing. Some of the high elevation stuff I really enjoyed, like some Cabernet Franc, some of the Cab Franc up from high elevation, um, next level. Because a lot of the stuff we get here is like you know it's all the price point stuff. But if you really start digging around, there's some there's some good value, but some really great wines. It's funny because uh, when you change for the blue peso, like we talked earlier, it's like Argentina though. People really should go if you're gonna do it yourself. It, it can be very safe. So when you go into a grocery store, you can pick any bottle you want, and it's like five bucks, like mm. anything you want. It's it's crazy, and it's, it's probably like, really it's, good. Yeah, yes. hundreds and hundreds of bottles, and it's just like the most expensive is five to ten dollars American. It's just like, uh, I, I wish I had you there, man, because I have no idea what you're talking. I just I wish I had you there because we just I I would like to know like yeah, I don't know we just ran we just randomly grab them, man. There's um, uh there's some great uh, there, there's one that everyone knows down there called Terroir Hunter. And it's like basically, it's uh, they take the best of what they can for the terroir and uh, whatever variety it happens to be, and that is always a surefire, decent bottle of wine at at a reasonable price point. But yeah, there's so so many. It's like I I really felt like it was going back in time though, especially Mendoza, because a lot of dirt roads, a lot of kind of um, you know, well, dogs everywhere. Um, that that one really got me because I'm a big dog guy and. You go in, like, even Santiago, every time you go around a corner, there's 20 dogs, and they're just kind of just hanging out, right? You think, who owns that? Well, nobody owns them. They're just walking around. 
That was the one There's thing they told dogs. me to get was a rabies shot. I never did do that, but probably wouldn't be a bad thing to have. That's not a bad idea. We don't have a rabies shot either. That's oh, it's bad. they. Janelle's it's, got a Janelle's got a wild dog story for Argentina. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So we we sat down at this restaurant. We were in a oh gosh San, San Martin, right? San Martin. Yeah, maybe. San Martin. Yeah. Anyways, we're we're eating lunch and there's just like this hound just hanging out by the restaurant, no collar, nothing, and it is just sitting at every table and everybody's just feeding it, you know, a little bit at a time. And you know, one day. We're, then we get in the car and we're driving and there's another dog that comes to an intersection. I'm not joking you. Looks both ways and then crosses the street. Like these dogs know what they're doing. Oh yeah. Stops at the intersection, looks both ways and just walks across the street yeah. like a freaking pedestrian. It was so funny. <laughs> that's not the story I thought you were really thinking of. That's, that's not the story I thought you were thinking of. What story were you thinking of? What what the dogs you hated. Oh God. Oh no. The okay. There was a I'm not exaggerating. There was a full moon. Trent and I are laying in bed after a long, hard day of fishing. Yeah, we finally got We're the rock going. We this, finally yeah. got it up We had a hard day. It was probably like a six-hour float. So, of course, no, we, we started We started this float, man, and we thought we had nailed it. No Patagonian wind. We thought we had nailed it. We start the video. So, we start we start the float, and I'm wearing a cutoff shirt, and I'm wearing shorts. Janelle wearing her, like, shorts and T-shirt. And, dude, by the end of that trip, we were wearing waders, a down jacket, a Gore-Tex jacket. We were paddling into gale force wind. I've never been colder in my life. And I was like, dude, because dude, the weather reports there, nobody nobody knows what the Lord did. Nobody knows what the Lord no. And we had thought we had caught a break. We get back to this cabana. Oh, so my God. We get back to this cabana, which are like these little cabins that you can rent to stay. Mm. And we're sleeping on this bed. It's probably like one in the morning, and I'm not joking you. It was like every dog in the neighborhood decided to get together. It was some lady in the tramp shit. And no, they are howling at the moon. 20 dogs. 20 dogs. On hillside. 20 dogs Nothing just howling and barking and howling and barking all night, all night long. <laughs> all night long until the sun came up. Yikes. Yeah, so the, all, so the dogs down there. They're all there, wild. It's, just, it's crazy. They're just, I like know. you said, they, they just, like, there's, like, no, I don't know if anybody actually owns these dogs, but they're all healthy and good looking. I don't know. They're just, but you are very right well, about they're, the dogs. They're street, they're street smart. You know, if you're looking both ways across the street, you know where to get your scraps. You know what's, to, you know what's going on there. They're not fools. Oh, we, no. We had little Frederico. That's what we called him. He followed us all around Santiago. But, uh... <laughs> we used to name them but like i it's horrible i'm being a dog person it's like man it's nobody's looking after these dogs but they're making it somehow you know they're making it and a lot of tourists take them home man you see so i i I do so much research in the in the sphere of south america and you see so many like oh i was riding my bicycle across argentina and now i got a dog and i'm flying (laughs) you see that story oh i was hiking this trail and now i got a dog and he followed me all the way to Colombia. i got Dude, yeah. that is the most that you are exact. That is every every traveler down there. Yeah, crazy. So, uh, wh- when does this happen? I mean, it's only a few weeks away now, is it not? Yeah. So we're we're oh, scheduled to leave serious. March fourth. Yeah. It's getting serious. I booked the car yesterday. I mean, so we when we do a trip, we do it. Like I said, we kind of just. When you do it to do it yourself and you're trying to go cheap for as long as we are, we just kind of do it piece by piece. So step one, you got to get there. Step two, you got to have wheels. Then step three, now we can start locking in housing. But you are right. We're leaving March 4th. 
Less than a like month. month yep. I wow. haven't tie flies yet. I'm I gotta get going on that. Our gear has to get updated. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I don't know. Janelle, are you do you feel like we're going way too relaxed for this trip? I don't yeah, I don't really feel like we're actually going on I don't the trip think yet. I don't feel like I we're feel going like we never do until it's like two days before and then we just scramble and get scramble everything together. Hard. <laughs> That's our style. Like we're very last minute, like, yeah. okay, we're actually doing this, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so um, when are, are you working at, you guys are working at the bar at the Schooner Wharf up until kind of that time, and then it's trying to save a little money for the trip and, and, and just all in or what? Yeah. 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 Well, we hit our goal. So we're at our, we're at our monetary goal. We haven't put our two weeks in yet. Janelle wants to get married down here. So we're still trying to figure that out. We've been engaged for a hundred years. So uh, is, we're trying to officially. Is this happening? Officially... Hold on. Hold on a second. Back to train up. Is this happening before the trip? Yeah, well, the boss at Schooner Wharf. So if you don't know Key West, there's there's like three big bars, and it's like pretty much Sloppy Joe's, Captain Tony's, and Schooner Wharf. Those are the three bars of Key West. If you've ever been to Key West, you've drank in Schooner Wharf. You have. <laughs> you might not remember it because a lot of people don't, but you have drank in Schooner Wharf. So they have this stage, and it's super famous, man. It's like very, you know, Jimmy Buffett played there. All these guys have played there. It's a very, very famous stage. And the boss kind of made a joke one day because Janelle was always like, that's even a longer story about our engagement. It's even longer. We're not going to go down that road. Janelle don't like it because it makes Janelle, it paints Janelle in a bad light. Oh, my gosh. Uh-oh. Here we go. <laughs> no, so, we've been, <laughs> no, so we, we've been engaged for way longer than intended. And anyways, so we've been talking to our boss about potentially getting married in Key West. And like Trent was saying, there's this big stage and there are performers all the time. And, and uh, she made a comment about, you know, she and her husband, they got married, like, on Duval Street, which is, you know, the main thoroughfare. Think about, think of it as, like, Bourbon Street in New Orleans, any any right. forest yeah. town bar road. And um, She got married on a balcony at one of these. And so she, she was trying to convince us to get married on the stage of the bar that we work at. Like, literally in the middle of our <laughs> shift, just go up there and say, I do. Which, at this point, at this after, point after being engaged for, you know, yeah. four and a half years. Whoa, oh, like four plan. and a half. Trent, <laughs> yeah. what's yeah, going it's, on? It's been, it's been Listen, Come on, man! I'm, I'm, I mean, you can. No, are you growing your own flowers for this wedding, or what? <laughs> you know, I would. I would. It's so hard because, like, I, I don't know. I don't know how you are in your life, and I don't know how your listeners are. But for me and Janelle, with money especially, I think maybe because I was, we were just me and her were both raised so poor. I think with money and the value, we look at the money of value. And so we've gone back and forth. Like we were so close four and a half years ago. We were so close to signing the line for like a fifteen thousand dollar check. We were so close. Had the money. Like, didn't really need the money. We were so close to, like, hey, you know, like, we're just going to sign this check. We'll be bartending. We'll make that in one month in Yellowstone. Let's just throw a big wedding. For, like, our big we were so close to signing that check. And then we're looking at this check going, we just did two months in New Zealand for 8K. <laughs> you know what I mean? For yeah. 8K, we did New Zealand. Like, we're looking at this house in Argentina right now. This I don't want to talk about the housing market down. I don't want people to get – I want to beat people down there. But anyway, it's like, there's, like – there's like, so it's really hard for us. Like, look at the money. We're like, I don't know. That's how me and Janelle kind of look at stuff, man. It's like, yeah. it's like, I don't know. So that's why we've kind of had this engagement because we go back and forth like, hey, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And then it was kind of funny. The boss was like, I'll marry you on that stage and pay for everything. And I was just like, oh, you will. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, you still got two weeks <laughs> or three weeks. Yeah, we still have two weeks. Well, we haven't told him we're quitting yet. Well, two weeks. I think we're going to. Oh, right. crap. So you know what? Little... We're going to have to back this show out because he doesn't want to find out about it here, does he? No, 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 definitely not. Cool. Definitely not. The boss? The boss. Yeah. Oh, she, she, it don't matter. Listen, in two weeks, in two weeks, we got to put our two weeks in, and she's going to be devastated. And then she's, then we can just be like, hey, but we're going to get married on your stage. That, I might throw that angle at her. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's great. Uh, but every it. year we say, every, every year we say it's our last year in Key West, man. Every year we say it, but. 
Hmm. It's just hard not to come back here. It's just Key West is a beautiful place of America. You know, it's a very it's island life for sure. What's the energy like there? Is it just totally chill? I've never been. Yeah, it's super laid back. It's it's like almost sometimes too chill, to be totally honest with you. But then you have like the invasion of the one day tourists, and then it just like. <laughs> And I hate Jimmy Buffett. As a bartender down here, as a bartender down here, we all say we hate Jimmy Buffett because we have to listen to him every day. But he he captured it. No, you like it really I mean? it really is everything that you think of. You know, the palm trees, the super laid back atmosphere. You know, anything goes in Key West. Like there's nothing sunken, surprises me anymore. Yeah. You know, like there's sunken treasure the all over. Someone's always finding gold coins, not us. I'm like, oh my god, like yeah. this is like so like this is really like a wild wild island. Right, here. beautiful, perfect weather. Like mm-hmm. everybody needs to see Key West. It's hard to, it is. It's hard to find housing. It's like everywhere else in the world. You know, it's, but but if you get, I don't know. It's just a uh, is is there not any like bone fishing or tarpon fishing near you that you can take advantage of? Oh, there totally is. Yeah, oh yeah. Key West is yeah. there's so many good fly guides here. We just can't afford it, man. Like I say, so that's another like that's another joke we make to the tourists because tourists will always ask us that. They'll be like, oh my god, like I was just in I was just in Yellowstone. Oh my god, I ate at your bar. Oh my god. And oh you go to fuck you go to Chile and all that stuff. And they're like, oh you must tarpon fish down here. It's like well we just we can't like afford everything. <laughs> we have never been, dude. We, we've been down here six years, and we've never thrown a fly rod out there because I can't take my gear out there because I'm afraid of the salt water. So I'm like, man, I can't take all of my expensive trout gear. I'm not, I, I'm not gonna risk taking my eight weight out there when I'm about to get on a plane to Argentina. Like I'm just right. sorry, I can't afford that. You know, and you can't. I don't know. Like it's hard to go out there. You see all these tourists. I, I, I got so much respect for you. If you're the tourist that comes to Key West and you stand on the beach and you cast your fly rod into that wind, so much respect, man. So much respect. For you. <laughs> it's the same tourist that goes to Yellowstone. I always tell you now, poor. This is what I get back to me being like a pansy about weather. Like people come to Yellowstone, they'll have two days, and so it, it'll be like August 20th, and we'll have a snowstorm, and it will be like 42, fleeting, and we'll go down the Madison River. And there'll be 15 cars and people. And I'm just looking at Janelle going, man, these guys only have two days, and this is what they got. Oh, my God. I feel so bad for them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to be able to pick your spots. Like that calm day in Argentina that turns gnarly pretty quick. Yeah. Right. No, really quick. But Janelle caught her. But, Janelle caught a big. Yeah, we caught. Yeah. Janelle, it's like probably some of the best fishing that we had in Argentina. That was mm. great. But I back love to, it. back to like the tarpon fishing in the Keys. We just, you know, like Trent was saying, we kind of just like put our heads down and work during the season down here, and then, yep. and then, so we can, you know, in two weeks or you know, four weeks yeah. now. But we work we like, to Argentina. Yeah, we work like six so days a week. It's, it's hard. It's hard to get on the water down here. Yeah. Because we're working so much. So you but. guys, you guys still have separate couches? Like, didn't you have a blue couch? I was watching you one video, and you were saying like, "This is my couch." Trent won't, oh, won't let God, me that's sit. So funny you said and that. I'm like, going. Dude, that's so funny. So that's you guys. So funny you said that. <laughs> oh, Dude, you. You know what's good? You know why I like you? You're very good. I'll give you this. You're a very good interviewer because you catch on to the drama between me and Janelle. (laughs) Like, we do a lot of videos, and you have caught every drama piece in our life, and it's so funny because no one else will have ever caught that. So we have two couches. One's a blue couch, and one's a red couch. Now we, I go to a lot of farm auctions. It's my, it's my, what's it called when you have a bad habit that you need to cut out of your life? Or addiction, like, addiction, yeah, uh, something addiction. like that. So I have an addiction to something called a farm auction. So pretty much, it happens everywhere: Montana, Idaho, Michigan. You know, an old farmer will die. They'll come in, they'll clean house. If no one's ever seen an auction, it's just like TV. They just sell the whole house. And so I got an addiction for these farm auctions, and 
you know, Janelle kind of got, she gets the itch every now and then. Sometimes she's by herself and she spends too much money. And sometimes I spend too much money. <laughs> and Janelle bought this couch and I gave her so much shit. She bought this red couch and I gave her so much crap for it. And then I kind of commandeered it. <laughs> I called when you take it over. <laughs> well, <laughs> I totally took it over. I was he like, gave me so much shit. We were loading it up. He's like, what did you do? I was like, this is great. <laughs> And then he had, it's now his couch. But the video you're and I'm ta- not allowed on it. No, but the video you're talking about is uh, the video you're talking about. The drama in our life is so we have a barn. So when we were running the farm, we had a barn. Now having a business owner with your wife is. Do we live? We are. We live in a cabana down here in the Keys. We live in a cabin that's like 500 bucks. It's like. It's like it, a little beach bungalow yeah, shack. It's totally. It's an old sure. chicken coop. Totally, yeah. It's totally. It's sounds illegal, like a, sounds it's like a yurt. <laughs> sounds like a yurt. Yeah. Something. And this used to be a peacock shed, dude. This guy had peacocks, and it's a nice peacock shed. It's probably like it's probably <laughs> ten feet long, wide by twenty feet long, and it's got like a cage out front so the iguanas don't get in here. But he doesn't have peacocks forever, and so there's an artist dude. It's updated, this artist guy turned this artist guy who paints oil paintings down here. He, he turned it into like a retreat where he would come out here and paint paintings. And we've got an electrical cord out here. We got to walk to the bathroom and stuff. But where was it going with this? We were talking about the couches. Oh, so our, no, no. So our whole life, me and Janelle live very closely. So we work together. We literally, we live in the back we of a van. A, yeah, we live in the back of a van together. together in Montana. So in Montana, our housing is our van. Dude, it's not a camper van, dude. We're not those people. It is a van that we've been living out of for like forever. We're not like influencers with a van. We have an old Ford van. We've been living out of it. Because it saves us rent. And, dude, we, if we can save two grand a month over four or five months, that's 10 grand. That's a trip to New Zealand. So we don't care about sleeping in our van. And so we and Jenna are always together, dude. We are always together. And, I, and people always look at us and be like, how can you guys come to work together? How can you work eight hours together? How can you drive an hour home? How can you live in a 10 by 10 foot spot? How can you go live out of a, a truck and a Subaru in New Zealand? How can you live out of a van? People just do not get our lifestyle. So they do the couches, dude. So when we were running the business, the only time me and Janelle got close to killing each other, when we were running the business, it was getting so stressful because when you were running the flower farm business, Janelle is like the designer and like, she's like, like the person talking to the, to like the bride. And I'm like the production guy who's like, got to get it out of fields. And so that was like where we would bite heads. And so we had these two couches, dude, and we turned them opposite directions. <laughs> and, it was, and I, and Janelle would get mad because when she would come into my area, I would be like, Hey, this is, there's a line. And I said, that's your blue couch over there. And it turned into this. Uh, it's so funny. You caught that dude. That's classic. So I love it. Well, I was laughing. One thing I was laughing at is you talk about those auctions and you guys were going on about, we could have had this hoe and four shovels for 12 bucks. I'm just like, you guys got to get out. You got to get out more. <laughs> the... That's our life, though, dude. That's, like, totally our life, That's though. our life, dude. Like, there's, like, one time I went over to Janelle, and she had all these, like, chairs and stuff. I said, why do you buy all these chairs? She said, I'm put them in the flower garden. I had, to go, I had to go get the truck and come back twice to that auction. The whole day, we had, like, to be picking flowers for florists. We went to an auction. We were only going to look. That's what we told the old man. We told my old man. I said, we're just going to go look for like a half an hour. Oh, my God. Came back with two truckloads of chair. Oh, it was just you, you guys have to keep up with this YouTube video diary because uh, I think <laughs> I think there's some gold in there. I don't know. How, you, how did you make it? What advice do you have? What, how do you make it to 234, dude? We hit 50 episodes and we – how do you make oh, it? How do you, oh, how do you do this, man? How do you do 234? You, you know what? Like I, I use social media a lot and uh, I go down rabbit holes. So like – like I got you guys on today and I'll say, hey, you guys, 
obviously have some buddies that are into fly fishing or some some guides you know back from wherever like who should i be talking to so then a lot of times they'll just you know lead me down the garden path say hey uh talk to uh steve in yellowstone i worked with him for five years great dude and and a lot of times i find some people don't want to come on and tell their stories but once if you vouch for me and you say hey it's pretty chill it's pretty laid back it's not like it's uh you know what i mean like if you guys have done do podcasts so you get it but a lot of people are well, I mean, kind like, of... I mean, but, but what about, like, the drive, though? Like, I understand, like, getting guests. And, like, so our content is just me and Janelle. But how do you... Dude, you do... That's 234 is impressive, dude. To light up the microphone, 234, man. That's impressive, dude. Uh, to be like, hey. Um, I, I don't know. I Do you know what it is? And the way I verbalize it, Trent, is you don't need to be famous to have an amazing story. And there's so many people's stories that don't get told. Like I don't just look for famous fly fishers on the show. For me, it's kind of a, a way of life thing. And Hey, what's your best job you've done? What's your worst job? And just, I go down these rabbit holes. I haven't even gone down those questions with you guys yet, but it's like, for me, I just like getting people's stories. You know, it's not about me. It's about, it's about your story and, and kind of what brings you to the water. So I find I've never met a fly fisher I wouldn't hang out with. And that's a pretty big statement because I've talked to a lot of people and it's just, um, you know, just a lot of good people. So I, I don't know. And answer your question. I, I sometimes, sometimes the shows come to me and sometimes I go looking for them. Like um, sometimes somebody will reach out and say, Hey, I've, in, I've come up with this new strike indicator. I'd love to talk to you about it. So I take that opportunity not to just try and sell their product, but also to get their story. So yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, <clears throat> I don't exactly make a lot of money doing this, but I also do it because I like it. You know what I mean? I, and I, hey, I get to talk to guys like you guys every night, or at least once or twice a week, and just kind of get your story. So for me, that's um, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty powerful, cool, man. Yeah. That's pretty uh, that's pretty cool because you are right. I think the biggest thing I took from that is, man, you are right. Because I was trying to when you said that when you said um. When you said I've never met a fly fisherman, didn't like that you like want to hang out with. When you said that, I, I I instantly thought in my head, I was like, okay, who don't I who don't I like that fly fishes? So I started going through my head. Yeah. And I remember this moment. Yeah, and you're right. There is a lot of, but I even remember even like a guy because I was just like, there's a guy one time he only went one day, but you're right, he was like one of those like, so was like, hey, at least you tried it. You you know what? He was actually turned out to be a pretty cool dude. He pissed me off on the river real bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But you can laugh about it. You can laugh about it now, right? And it's just, I love what you guys are doing because you're living your best life. I mean, even though you've been engaged for 37 years, I know that one day, one day on a bar somewhere, you're going to make it happen, right? Maybe in Argentina over, over a little cilantro and ribeye. Right. Yeah. We thought about doing that, man. We just thought about doing that. But man, the bum that you—it seems like you really did do your research, so you know our style. I don't know. We have that in us. Well, you—you you, you made me laugh when you're like, "Well, we're pretty laid back. Do you mind if we have a beer?" I'm thinking, "Well, <laughs> are you kidding me? That's kind of what this is based on." But well, I didn't know. How, I didn't. It was funny because our podcast turned into. We had did a segment one time. We 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 threw a segment called Drunk Diary. And uh, so it just kind of, it wasn't like drunk diarrhea, we're like blacked out, but it was like, oh, hey, we just farmed all day, we're two or three beers deep, and we forgot we were supposed to do a podcast. And so that's what I, when you wrote us tonight, Janelle's like, Janelle's like, what are we doing with this guy? And I was like, well, I think he said we could just be us. And she's like, what do you mean? <laughs> so we hit happy hour. Well, we didn't want to tell you this in the beginning, but we hit happy hour at one time, Janelle. <laughs> oh, God, it was like four, yeah, four o'clock. And you're in the Pacific time, so yeah. we hit happy hour oh, like eight hours ago. 
So I think we did pretty good for a couple yeah. of beers. Yeah, you guys are holding it together. What what kind of beers yeah, were you drinking tonight? Well, we just put down a bottle of Melbeck because we wanted to celebrate with you. Oh, so, man. Argentina. So we just finished. We just, was necessary. We, there was a moment in the middle of this podcast where Janelle took over for a second because I had to run out and get the bottle Was it? Wine. Was it Norton? What winery was yeah, it? Oh, oh, just the Tantianto or the Trevento or Tantio. whatever. Just, just the one you can buy in the yep. store down here. I don't know if you got oh, that. It is Trevento. You know oh, what I'm it. talking Trevento, about? Yeah. yeah. There is, That's the only one they sell down here. There is so much uh, Malbec in that area. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, man. If you're if you're cool with it, we would love to we would love to update your listeners. I mean, I, I mean, I guess if you only get one play on this and you write us back and say, yeah, there was no plays on that uh, that that interview. No, stuff, that's, that we understand, but that's not how I roll. <laughs> Nobody listens. I don't care. No, I'm just just gonna keep doing this. So, um, no, let's touch base and find out. Um, I I want to know what the fishing was like. I want to hear some good stories. I want to hear some. I want to hear about this raft. Um, and I, how, how long are you going for? Do you, do you have a kind of an end date or is it just kind of an open ticket? Well, Janelle will tell you the quick itinerary. Yeah, no, no, no. So we'll, we'll be leaving. We're there for over a month. Okay. Right? Yeah. Five we'll, to six weeks. Yeah. Five to six weeks. Um, and we're still planning. We're figuring out if we want to do three regions or if we want to do five and then how much, like how long we want to spend in each one. So. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if we want to take it slow or if we want to do bang, bang, bang well, like we did last So we're flying to Barloche, and your question is you got to go south and north. Yeah. So you always go south first. Right. Hmm. Yeah. And then and then from there, we get south, and then I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just kind of we are, we're always very up in the air. We get in a region. Well, we try and about, spend... so, so there's a – so if you fly into Barloche, the first thing we're going to do is go south. And what's that town called? Alto Rio Sanere? Yeah. Yeah, Alto Rio Sanere, and then we have this really cute hotel that we we're planning on staying. No one's ever been to. to be, there's supposed to be good fly fishing. Yeah, no Trump wanted to go here last time. Yeah, no one's really been to this area of Argentina. Like even like the people that I've talked to for like 20 years are aware of the area. We've gone through this area, mm. but it's so remote that nobody really spends some time there. It's oh. like the middle of the step. This is this is the definition of like there might be a supermarket. There's probably no restaurant. Yeah. There's one hotel. They say, ho- they say there's nobody, a hotel. Nobody there. speaks English. Like you go to Barloche, you know, you might get like those people that speak English, but then once you once you head south, like you're on your own. Yeah. You are definitely on your own. And then we cross into Chile, and it's like the it's like the smallest border crossing in the world. Smart. Oh my God, the border crossing. Yeah, it's like. You drive over boulders to get to this yeah. water crossing. Huh. We got there. Like the fence is falling down. One in. flag. Yeah. One. I don't know how there's, we found this border crossing. <laughs> there's one military like officiant there. It's it's wild. I don't know. And so then, yeah, but that's where we cross into Chile. It's like the most remote area. We don't know if we're gonna do it this year because like. Man, we've had such bad luck in Argentina. We were thinking also, like Janelle said, we, we might we just might, do three might, regions. Like, play it safe. We <laughs> might play it safe and just be like, hey, let's kind of stick to the main rivers. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'm going to send yeah. you that podcast though. You got to listen to, uh, I think it was hog leg productions and, and they, they spent, uh, and I think that border crossing you're talking about came up in our interview, but, uh, he, he they found, and I'll, I'll send you a link to the YouTube video. These brown trout, they were like double digits all day long. And, uh, just crazy. And I know they were using like these black streamers that were basically kind of like, a a minnow pattern imitation, like a bunny leech kind of thing. But um, I'll, I'll send that to you because that sounds it sounds like you're going to be in the very, very same area these guys were. And they said the same thing. Nobody goes there. So I think the more remote you get with that, probably the better the fishing, right? Yeah, I think I think 
you're talking about exactly where. Yeah, I think the problem with going more remote in Argentina is you don't know what. There's literature down there. I mean, I I own every single guidebook that has ever been published down there, man. And it's like, I mean, some of the literature, dude, it it, it is it is it is so remote, man. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I've had such bad luck. I don't know if I'm starting to get become a pansy. But I told you no. I said, should we be trying to do this big thing right now, or should we just get our raft and get out? So we're gonna see what happens. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, listen, guys, I wish you an amazing trip and, um, you know, don't work too hard before you head down there, but please do me a solid and, uh, check back in, uh, when you get back and uh, update our listeners on, you know, if somebody plans on doing a DIY trip down Patagonia, uh, I think there's a lot of value in, uh, throwing that out there and telling your experience, but, um, thank, thanks so much for sharing your story on the show. And, uh, I love what you guys are doing keep doing it and, uh, have a great trip. Thanks so much, Mark. We appreciate you. Yeah, thank you, brother. Uh, Stay warm up there. We've been chatting with Trent and Janelle from the Bum Diary Podcast. Check them out on YouTube. They're in the Florida Keys right now at Schooner Wharf. And, uh, hey, that's not a bad place to be either. They're heading out to uh, kind of a DIY trip in Patagonia, Chile, Argentina. Got to love the sound of that this time of year in the winter up here. But um, thanks for listening this time around. We'll catch you next time on the Fly Fishing 97 Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, powered by theflycrate.com, your source for all things fly fishing. Wait for it films featuring fly fishing videos and camera related content, custom music from Damian Anderson, and by brokentippet.com.